0: Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the anointing. I thank you for utterance. Father, we set our faith in agreement to hear from you today. I thank you for giving each individual rhema answers to questions so that we can make course corrections in life and enjoy all the riches, honor, and life that Jesus paid for us to have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Zoe, the life of God, part 5. Go to the first one for me, Mandy. Here we go. 1 John 5 and and verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given unto us eternal life, perpetual perpetual Zoe, and this life is in His Son. Here's the record. Past tense. God has already given us eternal life. He's already given us perpetual life and that life is in His Son so we're not going to get it sometime in the future. We already have it. It's already given to you. Now let me ask you this. This came up this week when I was talking to somebody. They said something about you know uh, your money isn't your money. It's all God's money anyway and you're just taking care of it. And I've got to take issue with that because if somebody gives you a gift, whose is it? It's yours. This says that eternal life was given to you, so is it God's or is it yours? Life. It's your life. Do you see that? If he gave you something, he ain't once you give somebody something, it belongs to them now. So, whether that life produces in your life, who who's that on? If it's your life. The maintenance, of, the maintenance of the making this thing produce for you is on who? If I give you a car, I mean, and it runs out of gas next week. You ain't coming back to me and saying, why did my car that you gave me run out of gas and blame me because it ran out of gas? Whose fault is that? You got to go fill it up. Y'all following this? Okay, go to the next one. We saw that there's three different Greek words for life. Uh, Bios, which is uh, natural life. It's temporary. Suitcase, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. It's immortal. It never dies, but it is not made new. It is what it is. And then we have Zoe, the life of God. It's eternal. It resides in your spirit. It's instantly and constantly made new. Okay, go to the next one. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 10 says this, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life, the zoe of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Shown forth naked for everybody to see. In our body. Everybody can see it in our body. The same life that Jesus had. It might and then it might not. Do we see that? And the key to it is that in the forefront of knowledge it's because Jesus died that I get it. Not anything that I did or I didn't do. That's not what qualifies me to have the Zoe life of God. Do y'all follow that? Now, I keep saying these same things, but we still think that we get, you know, because hell will trick you and tell you, you don't deserve that. You know what you did last week. See, if you get caught in that, you won't have the life of Jesus show up in your body. And it's subtle, it'll get you. But if he tries it on me, I know he tries it on you. Go to the next one. Then we solve this. In John 1, 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We saw that Jesus is called the Word, the written Word. Then we saw a bunch of Scriptures that showed that the written Word in the Old Testament is the same thing as wisdom. And we saw that wisdom was our decider. Do you all remember this? And so that wisdom equals the Word, which equals Jesus. And we saw that wisdom is the principal thing. And that wisdom is the filter. The Word should be the filter by which we make our decisions. And we saw that Jesus was called the Prince of Life. In the New Testament, Zoe. But he's also called the Prince of Peace, which we sung about this morning, Shalom, in the Old Testament. Go to the next one. And we saw this in Romans 8, 6, that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We saw this, that life comes and then peace. They go hand in hand. So when you get your Zoe life activated, then peace comes automatically with it. You. you cannot have peace if your Zoe life isn't first. Y'all following that? We all remember that, right? Go to the next one. We saw Malachi 2 in verse 1. And now, O ye priests, again, who's a priest? Every believer. King and a priest. This commandment is for you. And in verse 4 it says, And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that My covenant might be with Levi, the tribe of priests, said the Lord of hosts, and My covenant with him was of life and peace. Go to the next one. Proverbs 3 and verse 1. My son, forget not My law, My written word, My wisdom, but let thine heart keep My commandments. That's my rhema. So we've got two things going. Written word and the rhema. For length of days and long life and peace, Shall they add to you? So here we go again. Life and then peace. Life and then peace. You're not going to get peace until you work on life. If you get your life that is given to you, which you're responsible for to produce for you, if that's not, you're not working on that, then you will not get peace. Y'all follow on that? Okay, go to the next one. We saw this. Here's the seven parts of peace. It's spiritual health, safety, financial health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, and social health. So that wisdom brings life. Zoe. And Zoe brings peace. So if you don't have this seven, if some area of your life you don't have spiritual health, or you don't have safety, you don't have financial health, if you don't have physical health, if you don't have mental health or emotional health or social health. If you don't have that, then let's back it up. My life, my Zoe isn't working. And why? Because I back it all the way up on more. It's because I didn't use wisdom to make a decision. Some decision, and I can always back it up and find out what the decision was. And it might be a decision you weren't even thinking about that would have any effect on this. Listen, if you got, let's just take emotional health. If you are distressed because of a relationship you're in, what was the decision that brought no peace in your life? To have a relationship with somebody that was bringing you distress. We don't think that that would be the decision. We'd be like, why am I so stressed out? Because you might be surrounded, or somebody's in your life is creating that stress. And you don't have emotional health. Why? Because you have a relationship with that person that's bringing that into your life. So let's back it up. You didn't use the filter of the Word because the Word says don't be hooked up with somebody that's going to bring that. Turn your back on evil. Right? Because the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So if you pick somebody that's doing evil and your face ain't against them, now you're on the side where God's face is against you. So we back that all the way up to that decision. Do you all follow on that? Alright, go to the next one. We saw this in Ephesians 4 and verse 17. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord that henceforth you walk not as other Gentiles walk. Don't make decisions the way they make decisions in the vanity of their own mind. And this is the filter that they use. We saw this in James. There's other wisdom. than wisdom from above, making decisions based on earthly wisdom, sensual wisdom, or devilish wisdom. Do you all remember what those are? Right? Earthly wisdom is we make decisions based on other people's experience. That ain't always bad. But it needs to match up with the filter of the word. That's not the final deal, right? Y'all you, you found that? Like, I know my kids shouldn't play in eighty-five on a highway eighty-five, or, right? I mean, but that also matches up with the wisdom of the word. People are like what? All right. Did you know that the word, if it, if you don't use the wisdom of the word to make your decision, that it won't work for you. Do you understand that? If you don't use the wisdom of the word in making a decision, when you further on down the line, the word will not work for you because you didn't use the wisdom of the word to make a decision. Do you know that that applied to Jesus too? If Jesus made a decision that wasn't in the using through the filter, the wisdom of the word. If he made a decision outside that filter, do you know that the word would not work for Jesus? Do y'all remember? Let's look at that. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness? And Satan came to him. Alright, let's look at that. Luke chapter 4, I think. Now here we go. In verse, uh, let's go to verse, chapter, verse 9 of chapter 4. And Satan brought Jesus to Jerusalem, and he set Him up on the pinnacle of the temple. So he put him out in the middle of I-85. And he said unto him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down from here. For it is written, now Satan's going to use the word and twist it to try and get Jesus to make a decision. He'll give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. Go ahead and play an I-85. Don't you have a, um, supernatural protection? Don't you have a hedge of protection? You're the son of God. Aren't you the son of God just like Jesus is? You could play an 85. The angels charge over you. You won't even dash your foot against a stone. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. He said, and they'll keep you in your hands. They'll bear you up at any time. He's quoting the Word out of Psalms. Psalm 91. At any time, you wouldn't even dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, It's also written, or it is said, you shall not tempt or test the Lord thy God. And it says in another translation, don't put your Lord thy God to the test. Jesus knew, here's a covenant promise He's the Son of God, that if He made a decision to jump off the temple, that angels weren't catching him. Did Jesus know that? Uh-huh? Because here he made a decision. even looks like he's using the filter of the word. The word says everything that Satan told him, doesn't it? So if he admi- so if you make a decision, that doesn't line up with the word in totality, right? Because what's the deal? Written word and rhema. Written word and rhema. Here's the written word. Was He getting rhema? Was Jesus getting rhema? No, He's getting spoken word from Satan. Wasn't He? How many times does Satan bring you the written word and speak it to you and you think because it lines up with the Word that you think that you're doing rhema and boop, and then it don't work and you do dash your foot against a stone and you go, well, I don't know why it didn't work. The Word don't work unless it line, Thus, God's telling you to do it. Because even for Jesus, he knew that that word would not work for him if he had made a decision that was outside wisdom from above. He was getting devilish wisdom, wasn't he? It was from Satan. So it had to be devilish wisdom. Alright, Ephesians 4 and verse, 17, or verse 18. If you make decisions based on anything other than wisdom from above, you'll have the understanding darkened and you'll be alienated from the life, the zoe of God alienated, separated from. It's no longer part of your deal. Do you still have it? Uh-huh. I mean, you could have a car and still be alienated from it. Do you have a car and be separated from it? still your car. Where is it? It's in storage somewhere or wherever. You don't, want, don't you want the life to be right here in your body? It's still yours, but you don't want to be separated from it. Did it say you'd be separated from God? No. He said you'd be separated from the life of God. And that life is what produces peace, spiritual health, and safety, and financial health, and physical health, emotional health, mental health, and social health. Good relationship. You found this? It's because it ain't just fall on you. Satan tried to... I mean, he's using the Word with Jesus. Psalm 91. Quoting supernatural protection. Hedge of protection. Psalm 91. And it wouldn't even have worked for Jesus. So I know that if there's a time and a situation where Jesus doesn't have, won't have the Word working for him, then there's a time where we would do it. And Jesus did not cross that line and step out over where the Word wouldn't work for him. Why? Because he made a decision based on wisdom from above. Y'all following that? Okay, go to the next one. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 11. For we which live, we which do operate in this zoe, we which live are always delivered up unto death for Jesus' sake or because of Jesus that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. says it again. So what you've got to know is that if you decide to walk in life, not how other Gentiles walk, if you decide to make your decisions based on purely the wisdom from above, that there's a big target on your back. And here's why. Because if you're making decisions based on earthly wisdom or sensual wisdom or devilish wisdom, you ain't a threat to hell. They don't care. You're not going to be in riches, honor, in life. You do whatever you want. You're ineffective. You're an absolute waste of time. He's not going to... I mean, you can't... Be brought into hell so you're not going to be in the kingdom of darkness, but you're going to live there. You guys with me on that? If you don't make your decisions based on wisdom from above, you don't have a target on your back. In a lot of ways, it's easier. It is. And most Christians, they want to be under the radar. They don't want to have a target on their back, but you'll never get riches, honor, in life. As long as you ain't on track to get riches on in life, hell doesn't care what you do. So beware. If you decide to do this, you're going to have a target on your back. But you do win. And you get the life of Jesus made manifest in your mortal flesh. And if Jesus doesn't have this problem, then I don't have this problem. Go to the next one. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 4. For we that are in this tabernacle, this body, this temporary shelter, do groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, not that we die, not that we get rid of our flesh, but that we be clothed upon that our mortality, our flesh, might be swallowed up by the Zoe life of God. That's what we isn't that the groaning? I want my Zoe to swallow up my mortality. on. I like it. How do we get there? Go to the next one. Now. We spent a lot of time last week with the rich young ruler. And it was the beginning of this rubber meets the road thing. Really what it was, the thing that he lacked was that he didn't choose to put Jesus on the front burner. Do you all remember that? He didn't choose to put everything else behind. We remember all those scriptures that we read. Hate your father and your mother. Let the dead bury the dead. He who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, ain't worthy of the king of Remember all that? Okay. Now I know that God's already given us Eternal life. It's, already, it's the gift. He's already given it to us. Now look on the other side in 1 Timothy 6 12 tells us the other side of it. Fight the good faith and lay hold of or seize on eternal life. So God's given it to us. So He did His job. He gave us the gift. You know, it's a, once I give something to you, I'm done with the giving. Now it's all on the receiving end, isn't it? It's on the taking. So here's our here's our job, is to fight the good fight of faith and seize onto eternal life. Seize it. Now I want to give you a mental picture in your head. I got 20 bucks in my pocket right here, which is a rarity for me to carry cash in church. 20 dollars. Okay. Now I'm going to put this in my hand. Any of you want to come up and seize it from me? Because I'm going to seize on it like it's my eternal life. Anybody that you could get it from me, you can have it. Any takers? Nobody wants to come get it? I'll go get it, Mike. Now, listen. Now, let me throw this in. And Now, look. Colin would be the one that I'm afraid to come get it, to be honest with you. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Colin's in his prime. He's a well-trained high school athlete. He's been doing two-a-days for high school football. He's been lifting, and I'm 23 years older than he is. So he'd be the one that I'd be scared of if he was going to come get it. It would be a mismatch. Wouldn't it? He's stronger than me. He's faster than me. And he's younger than me. So he's the one that could probably get this. But but if he was to come decide to get it and get it out of my hand, there's a couple things you've got to remember that he would have to think of. Now, he's young and he's smarter and faster and stronger. And he is better looking. He checks all those. He's Mike Alexander's kid. But what I have... Is I was in the Marine Corps for six years, and I'm a combat vet, infantryman, seen combat twice. I was seven years a street cop. Now, I'm not a black belt, but what I do have is some skills, some knowledge, and I've got experience in somebody trying to kill me. Colin, you don't have that experience, do you? You have—I mean, no, I mean, listen. I'm not wrestling there. It's like you're trying to kill each other, but that's in rules. There's rules there, isn't there? So what I have is confidence that there is no way that he's going to get this from me if he decided to come and get it. Because i got knowledge, skills, and abilities that he doesn't even know about. i got confidence that I can take any... I've never lost a fight. I mean, you know? If I did, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be dead because those folks are trying to kill me. You all following this? Now this is fight the good fight of faith and seize, lay hold on eternal life. You ain't getting it from me. And See, this is what we do. We, don't, we, don't, we just be like, there you go, hell. Satan come, boo. Oh, we take it. You, you understand? Mm-hmm. Now, the only difference between calling me and getting this is who wants it more. That's really what it comes down to. Because on any given day, it really doesn't matter all those things that we talked about, that he's stronger, faster, younger. And really, my confidence and my skills, it doesn't really matter about. except when it comes down to who wants it more. Because if I don't really feel like getting hurt, here you go, take the $20. But if it's something so valuable to me that there is no way you're peeling this from me, even if I get hurt, you ain't get it. That's a good fight. Con, here, come get this 20 bucks. Because I got to use you anyway, even though you didn't come get it. Because well, I love you, that's why. And I got to talk about you. Just consider it royalties. We're going to put it on the web. But you guys, you guys following that, though? Yeah. Put some t- so it only gets you like three, three gallons of gas. So, But this is what the part of we have to seize on to it, that it doesn't matter what the fight is. And, I don't, and here's the deal. As a street cop, I couldn't be like, that guy's really big, so I'll just let him get away with beating his wife. Because that's not the job. If I didn't want to do the job, I could work at Home Depot or anywhere else. But I'm there. I'm trained. That's my job is to stand in the gap for that late. Same thing with you. Is you, It doesn't matter what the enemy or what the fight looks like or how big it is, and you know you're going to win. If you don't know you're going to win, you ain't going to fight like you're going to win. Colin in football. If you go in half-heartedly making a hit or, or trying to tackle somebody, are you going to get hurt worse than if you go 110% and trying to nail the other guy? Which one hurts worse? if you go in half speed. You don't half speed none of this. Because if you half speed, you're going to get railroaded. I don't care how big the guy is, he's going to hurt when you stick him. You belittle and stick somebody in, it'll hurt. Listen, it's your eternal life. God already gave it to you. How bad do you want it? You've got to fight the good fight of faith and seize on to it. you yeah, all with me on that? i go to the next one. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19 says this. It's God talking. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your seed may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cleave sounds a lot like seize, unto Him, for He is your what? Your life and your length of days. So He gave you the life. And he tells you to seize. Fight the good fight of faith and seize onto the life. Now He tells you to cleave, choose it and then cleave on to Him who is your life. So your life ain't going to... Listen, outside of cleaving on to Him, you don't get Zoe. You all following that? If you don't make an active choice for life, because He said choose life, you'll automatically default and get cursing and death. You all on that? If you don't make it... Making no choice is still death and cursing. Now this brings up a couple of questions for me. That I know I have life, and I, and yeah, God, I'm I, you know I'm seasoned onto it. I fight the good fight of faith. I'm in faith. I choose life. I, I did. So what's the deal? You go to the next one. John three and verse thirty six says this: He that believes on the Son has everlasting life, and he that believes not the Son shall not see life. Zoe but the wrath of God abides on him. So let's take that first phrase. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. Perpetual Zoe. Now, it says choose life. Seize on to it. And if I believe, I have it. Now, I don't think that there's anybody in here that wouldn't agree that they, in their own life in here, I know all of you, that you all have chosen life. Right? Would anybody choose death? No. That you do believe. Anybody here that doesn't believe? We all believe, and that we would say, "Yeah, we fight the good fight of faith, don't we?" We're not caving, we're not caving, are we? You wouldn't cave after this amount of time in the basement. You didn't cave, okay? I'll give you the, you didn't, because some of you are like, well, I don't know, we might. No, you didn't. By this time, you didn't. If you were going to, it would have happened before now. No, seriously, right? Okay. So, the how how is it that like I still have to deal with like my I don't have riches. Isn't that part of the package deal? Financial help? How is it that I've got to deal with symptoms in my body? Or pain? Because why, why, I, I believe. You, don't you? Yeah. You know you believe. Don't you? I mean, you, no one would say they don't believe. No one would say they didn't choose life. I mean, what idiot would choose death? Right. I mean, even suicidal people, they call 911 first because they want somebody to help them choose life. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have just done it. They wouldn't ask for help. Do you not ask these same questions? Do you ever think about that? Why am I have to deal with this? Why is this going on? Look, I already chose life. What is, you know? Why is this still? Look, I believe. Here it is. It says it right here. Believe that you have it, I, and, and started, he gave it to me, and I know that I received it. And I, but I'm still dealing with junk. Right. So I mean, I've been meditating on these lines for a long time. I don't mean just like recently. I mean like since I was like 25 years old. When I first started hearing about that, you know, health and prosperity belong to me, that it's part of the package deal that Jesus took stripes on back, and you've already been healed. And yet, nobody could seem to, like, break it down for, and, and really hone in them. But so that's what we've done here at the clock. Is Every week we try to attempt to why isn't it working for us? Why are we misfiring? What are we doing? See, so at this point, we really shouldn't be misfiring, should we? We shouldn't at this point. And so I'm like, you know what, God, at this point, why are we still misfiring? So uh, we started hit on this a little bit in healing school a couple weeks ago. Uh, and so I really just started to press in on, you know, God talked to me about this. Because this is, this is a big problem in the body of Christ. Not just here, but I mean, there's people that they have got healed before in the past. And, and then, you know, the, and I guess the world says, well, they were in remission. So that's why it came back. But those folks know that they were healed. And then they're queued up here to something else. And then it's like, well, i already been healed in the past. Well, why am, why am I not getting healed now? Or why, you know, you had victories in the past where, you know, you scored the big business deal and you got the big bonus and the big commission. And why, now I'm not. You ever been, I mean, I've wondered that, like, because I had good years at Capitol Police. Now, not. Did you, right? I mean, have you ever wondered these things? I'm just being honest. You can't be honest in church. Then what's right. the point? Because we're all afraid, no, let's not confess that. Look, the Nyan's lying, so let's just throw it out on the table and let's figure out how do we fix this. Because really, if it's that hard, (laughs) let's just check out and go to heaven. It just shouldn't be this hard, okay? I mean, really, should it? I know. So let's go here to Titus 3. And verse 7. It says that being justified, that, you know, that's a winning sentence. If you're justified, the judgment is in your favor. If you're in a court, and like somebody's suing somebody, boom, $2 million judgment too, and whoever wins is the one that's justified. So winning sentence, being justified, getting a winning sentence, by His grace, that's a gift, we be made heirs, according to the hope of eternal life perpetual zoe now did you know now remember this back from the inheritance series that an heir that god looks at the air as the actual owner of the thing do you all remember that from rules of righteousness okay so this is what we're the actual owner of all of that he packaged for us which is basically we boil it down to riches honor and life it's the, all the wealth on the earth all the zoe life of god everything that zoe life produces Look, you're heirs, and you be made heirs, but here's how you get it. It says by according to or by means of the hope, the confidence of eternal life. The confidence that you have in your gift that's already yours, eternal life perpetual Zoe, the confidence that you have in that is the vehicle by which you become, you walk into your inheritance, the whole deal, riches, honor, and life. Now look, the level of confidence you have will directly coincide with the level of peace that you have. Let me break it down on an easy level. I said this the other night. How many of you here are worried about finding your way home after church today? Anybody worried about getting home? So you would say you've got a high confidence level that you could find your way home. And so because you have a high confidence level, your level of peace about getting home is pretty high. Nobody's worrying about it. Did it even cross your mind before I brought it up? No, because you're so confident you could find your way home. In fact, most of us could do it without even autopilot, right? Do you ever drive home from work and not remember passing stuff? That's how confident you are and how at peace you are because your confidence level is so high. How many know if you're trying to, you know, watch the turn-by-turn turn directions and know did I miss my turn? I mean, you ever move to a new place and it take you a couple of weeks to get your confidence up and, and so you don't miss that one turn? In the dark. See, so your level of confidence is the same level that'll bring your level of peace. And pieces, all that, seven part financial health, safety. You yeah, all follow this? Here's the vehicle by which we get our eternal life, our perpetual Zoe to produce for us is our confidence. Now, hold your finger right there, we'll be back. Uh, we're running late. Proverbs chapter 13. And verse twelve. Hope deferred, confidence deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. This is what this is what we do, and I'm included. When I don't see the thing happening as fast as I want it to happen, whatever it is. I defer my confidence because I'm afraid to be disappointed. So I push my confidence off and go, I know the end result or someday I'll walk into riches or I know that someday I'll be healed and healthy. Someday I won't have to deal with... Do you see that? What I did is I pushed my confidence back because I don't want to be disappointed. Because when I said, no, I got it now and nothing changed and nothing changed and nothing changed and then nothing changed, now I start to push my confidence back because... Well, nothing changed. Isn't that what we do? When we because and and then because we've had that experience a couple times. What we do is, we always push it back because we're afraid to be disappointed. We never put down the here's the line in the sand with God. Do you know why that all the, that nothing changed and nothing changed and nothing changes? Because you didn't understand that somewhere on the point you back that up. You made a decision that was not wisdom from above that put you in the spot where you, you're trying to quote the Word now like Satan quoted the Word to Jesus. And if it wouldn't work for Jesus, why do you think it would work for you if you used some other wisdom to make a decision? Do you all follow this? And because that happened in the past, you put your confidence off because now your confidence is shaking. You don't have confidence in it because you were disappointed. So we push it off and it makes you sick. you all follow this? Alright, come back over here to Titus. Now, I had to say all that because the important part is coming up. And that in itself is huge. But it, and that's the foundation because that's not even the woo, giddy up. That's the, yup. So look what he says in verse 8. That thing that I just told you about confidence in your eternal life producing for you. He said this is a faithful saying. And these things I will that you affirm how often? Uh Constantly. You affirm constantly. Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't, your confidence will slip. Y'all ever heard that? If you don't use it, you lose it? Mm -hmm. Look, it ain't like riding a bike. Think about that. Oh, it's just like riding a bike. You never forget how. Yeah, it might not, but how how confident are you getting back on the bike if you haven't been on one in 30 years? Not that confident. And confidence is the vehicle that will make your life, your Zoe, produce for you. Listen, the only way that you're confident that you're good at something is because you do it over and over and over and you have a track record in your own mind that you've produced. And it's really, it's in your mind because it's your confidence and it's your life. And if you don't believe that you could do it, then you know. You know, when I was talking to Con- Colin, I was confident that he wouldn't get... Now, if I was up here afraid, you know, he might have been a little more froggy to jump. But he already knew my background. He knows I was in the Marine. He knows that I run 40 miles a week even though I'm 40 years old. He knows all that stuff about me already. Which would shake his confidence. Because mine's so Big. Y'all following this? When you get your confidence so big, yeah, you'll have the target on your back, but you whip the bully a couple times a hell, and guess what? He'll start leaving you alone. Because, oh my gosh, here they come again. You know what happened last time. <laughs> hey, man, I like that. Mm-hmm. And now, you start producing life. Now, see, now you take the target off your back because now, really, you want the target because I'm looking for a fight. If you know you're going to win, don't you want a chance to, you know, work out some, you know... Yeah, you know, I'm a little stiff there. I'd like to work out that right cross a little more. I'd like to get it down a little better. I'm looking for a good sparring partner. Hell, where you at? Well, instead of, oh, I don't... you know, Okay, right? He said constantly affirm. Then look at this. This is where... Now look, it's going to get a little technical here, but we've got to do it. Okay? So can you buckle in with me? Right, you're sharp, you're quick, you can get it. He said, but they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Now this is a faithful saying. These things I will that you constantly affirm that they which have believed in God would be be careful to maintain good works. Is that past tense? Believed. Present tense, believe. Or future tense, sometime I will believe. What is that? Past tense, isn't it? Now, in the English, it's past tense. In the Greek, y'all know that I'm like into the Greek, right? In the Greek, it's something that we don't even have in English. It's called the perfect tense. And there's no English word for it or correlation, but this is what it means. That you took an action in the past that produced current results. Well, we don't even have that in the English. It's just we took an action in the past. And in our culture, we don't think that there, and this is why we, when we make decisions, we make them on the fly without even realizing that there is continual residual results to every action that we take. Y'all following that? Now, this right here, this perfect tense is the Greek, they which have believed, saying that sometime in the past they believed and then they had results continuing on. But it's not just like a permanent deal. And I'm going to try and break it down to you like this. Did everybody eat breakfast this morning? So if you didn't eat breakfast, did you eat last night? Your action was taken further in the back, so you're not feeling the benefit. Your your benefits have started wearing off more. Let me say it like this. Father, help me out. When you ate breakfast this morning, because your body was... uh, You had eaten. They which had eaten, they got full. Now your body's fueled up. Now you start having... Resu- you start having residual results. How many know the further you go from the point that you took that past action, the results of that, you being full, start dwindling? I mean, the longer that you go in between, if you ate last night, you're further along in that process of the results of the fuel that you got last night, and your body is down further than somebody that I just ate a couple hours ago. Y'all follow that? I mean, and how long it lasts depends on what you ate. what your body type is like, how good a shape you're in. Y'all following that? This is so rare, this perfect tense, when it's used in the Greek, that a red flag should go off on us. Why is Paul saying that? What he's telling me is, is that believing is the same way as like eating is. There's not a permanent result of, oh, I did believe it. Well, I do believe it. Do you? Because if you do believe it, then you have. If you're in the middle of believing, present tense, he that believes on the Son has, you possess everlasting life. Eternal, perpetual, zoe. If you had believed in the past, what happened was it had a residual effect, but the further you go from that you had believed, the more it diminishes. That's why I said be careful to maintain good works. Constantly affirm this, because you know what? If you don't, you believed it sometime. You got healed in the past. You got you know, a big bonus in the past, whatever, and now it's going down. It's because you don't believe it. You're resting on your laurels. You're not in the middle of believing. You did believe it back there and you're enjoying the results of that. Now look, I see a lot of ministers, they believed in the past and they could tell great war stories and now their lives are an absolute mess right now because they, they didn't, were not careful to maintain good works. What's good? Works that produce good. Beauty, bounty, better, the best. Not, oh, I fed the poor. Not I did my checklist. No, I'm careful to maintain beauty and bounty and better and the best and health and welfare. Not because when I believed in the past, it does come forward, but you know what? It starts dropping off almost immediately. It almost starts dropping off immediately that you did believe it sometime in the past and now it starts the effects of it start going down. Have you all ever seen that happen in your life? Now how do I? Now? look over here in Romans, thir- um, Romans 15 which we've called several times the faith test here. And what it is, is this will test you whether you're in the middle of believing or that you did believe you're those that which have believed in the past. And you're now on the wearing off effects of I have believed in the past. Because believing ain't like shutting the door. I shut the door. Oh, I believed on Jesus. Because there was the perpetual Zoe showing up Depends on what, where you're at. Did you believe, if you had believed it in the past, the results of that is wearing off. If you're in the middle of believing it right now, you got it. And if you put off, I'll believe it sometime in the future, hope deferred, then it's going to make you sick. You all following that? You with me on that? Okay, so look over here in Romans 15 and verse 13. Now the God of hope, the God of confidence, fill you with all joy and peace in believing, present tense. Did you see that? In believing. That means you're in the middle of believing and that you may abound in hope or confidence through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now here's the fact. Here's how I know if you are believing right now, in the middle of believing, or you had believed in the past. Or you're putting it off, I'll believe it in the future. I don't care whether you're in the past that you had believed and it's diminished, or you've put it off and you're coming into the future. Either of those two things, you don't got riches, honor, and life. You either had them in the pan or you pushed it off. You don't have them, right? It's because you're not in the middle of believing. This tells me that if you're in the middle of believing, you're excited, you got joy. You're peace, you're at rest. And hope, you're, co- you're abounding in hope. Your confidence level is up to here. When you come walking in and you know that riches, honor, and life belongs to you, I know that I've been healed by Jesus' stripes, and I'm excited because I'm healed, and I'm excited because I'm healthy, then I know you're in the middle of believing. And then you have, present tense, the perpetual Zoe life of God working. Otherwise you're alienated from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We getting this? Because yeah. this is a this is a, this is where a lot of us have we said, Well I believe it. But if you ain't matching up with the faith test that you're in believing, then you don't then you either had believed it or eventually it'll show up in my life, but you're not in the middle of present tense, I believe it. And that is where Without faith or without believing, it is impossible to please God. You ain't pleasing him if you believed in the past. And it's dwindling down like breakfast or dinner last night. you have done nothing to keep it maintained it. And you ain't pleasing him if you push it off in the future someday. And really, the my mainline denomination, brothers and sisters, just push it all the way till we get to heaven. They have deferred it all the way till there. We did a little better someday. We'll get it when I'm 90 or 80 or whatever, right? But no, right now, if I'm believing it right now, then I'm excited right now that I'm at peace right now. I'm at rest. I ain't worried about it. That oh, that means I'm not in fear. How's it going to work out? It don't matter how it's going to work out. It is going to work out. I don't care how. If you're asking these questions, it's because you ain't believe. If you're asking any question... Who, what, when, highway? If you're like the reporter with God. What's the, what's the questions that you have to ask to do a good story or whatever, right? The who, what, what? Then you're not in believing. Because if you're believing, you're confident that it don't matter who, what, when, where, why, how. It is. Constantly affirm that to yourself if you want your Zoe life of God to produce for you. Constantly. Does that mean like ten minutes from now? Does that mean two hours from now? And nothing in between? No, constantly means every second I remind myself. I remind myself. I remind myself. I keep God in the forefront of my knowledge. We didn't like to retain God in our knowledge. Therefore, remember that from conscience? Always bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus. Constantly. That means every decision I make gets run through that wisdom. Constantly. We don't let that down for a second. Because when you do, you end up making a decision with some other kind of wisdom, and then you'll find yourself in a spot going, how come the Word ain't working? And when you say, how come the Word ain't working? You had believed, or you are in the future, I'll believe it sometime, but right now, you ain't believing. And we don't even have that concept in English. We just thought that once we believed, we believed. Didn't you? I did. And then I started looking, I'm like, you know what, it's this absolute truth. We could believe it right now and then be in fear the next minute and not believe it you could choose life right now and not choose it five seconds from now don't you have to continually choose life? I got to continually not go out and stand in the middle of i-85 at any time I could choose to go do that couldn't I yeah. It's not like oh, I chose once not to do that and then that's it for the rest of my life It's a permanent effect no, it's not hey, you have any opportunity to go out there on 85 and any time day or night you can go out there. Nobody's stopping you. Now look over here at Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 and verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest. And he says a whole bunch of stuff and go right over to verse 11. Let us therefore labor to enter into that rest. Which tells me that you could enter into that rest and jump right back out of that rest. That it takes work for you to stay in the rest. You could be at rest this minute and get a phone call and five minutes later you're not in the rest. You ever been there? Now you, now, you did believe you entered into the rest, but now if you don't work to stay in the rest, you'll be in that guy that had believed in diminishing effect. And then you'll find yourself hope deferred, pushing your confidence off that someday in the future I'll get it because I don't want to be disappointed again. And here now you're not in the middle and not and you're not in rest. So it takes work, labor to, labor to. Did you see that? Labor to stay in that rest. You've got to labor. I don't like that. I don't like to constantly affirm. I don't want to have to seize hold and fight the good fight of faith and keep choosing and keep believing. I thought this was easy. It is easy. Stay in the middle of believing and it all start falling on you like a ton of bricks. But we don't stay there but for about five seconds. We're antsy. Anything to do but stay here in the middle of that. Oh, it's so good, Andrew. I'm so glad you preached that today. Now look over here in James chapter 2. Now, did you guys know that the word believe and faith is the exact same Greek word? It's not two different words. It's the word. So if I'm in faith... See, we could say it like this. That person's in faith or they're not in faith, we've, we, could, we can grasp that, haven't we? Haven't we seen people that weren't in faith? Yeah. But they believed. Weren't they people that believed? Yeah. yeah, but they're not in faith. They're not in believing. Didn't, that's a little easier to get your mind around, isn't it? Because you know people that were in even in your life, that there was a time where I was in faith And there was a time where I wasn't in faith, but we would never say that I didn't believe the Word. Would you? No, because once we believe the Word, we believe the Word. But are you in the middle of believing the Word? Because if you're not, then you don't have the results of perpetual Zoe. And I know it's a fight. I know I've got to seize on it. I know I've got to choose it. And I know I have to labor to stay in the middle of it. And I have to constantly affirm. We're starting to get that. It's like, oh, I gave you like six scriptures. It's over and over and over. It's not hard. It's a simple thing, but it is work. Because you can get distracted very easily from constantly affirming. Constantly affirming. Okay, here we go over in James. Chapter 2 and verse 14. So what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith or he has believed, or he does believe, and he doesn't have works, corresponding action, can faith rescue him? Can it? Now, see, you know what? You could tell me you believe the Word all you want, but until you have corresponding action to go with it, you could tell me you believe all you want. It's not going to do one thing for you. It's not going to profit you. It's not going to rescue you. So you could say you believe all you want, but if you don't have some kind of action to back up that you believe, what do you got? Zip, not a nothing zilch. Just reading the Bible. Then he says it like this. He said, if a brother or a sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you don't give them those things which are needed it for the body, does that profit them? Now, so basically what you're doing, here's somebody who's in need and you tell them, just say your faith confession. Be warmed, be filled. If you say that enough, you will be warmed and be filled. And, then you, and you, you don't do nothing? There's no... He said, That's what you're that's what you're the your exact same thing that you do when you say you believe and yet you don't have any corresponding action to say to back up what you're saying. Same thing as doing I mean, that's just silly that we would do that to somebody. Just say your faith, wouldn't we? Oh, I know. You got a whole house full of food. They come over in there, you know, and they just send them on their way and tell them, Well, be, be, you know, just confess that you'll be filled. Just confess that you're not hungry. Even so, the same way faith is, that hath not works. It's dead being alone. You don't have corresponding action to go with what you're telling me you believe. fact is, if you don't have corresponding action to, to back up what you're... If you're not acting in a way that you do that lines up with what you say you believe, you're not believing. You either deferred your hope to the future or you did believe it in the past. But if you're right now, you don't believe it because you ain't acting it. You all on that? that's It's dead. It means nothing. Call yourself whatever you want to. You call yourself a Cadillac. Don't mean you is one. Isn't that right? I'm Superman. Uh Uh-huh. Yea, and a man may say, well, I've run into these people. Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. I have people tell me they have faith all the time and then not show me any works. No corresponding action to back it up. You can tell me you believe in riches, honor, and life all you want. You ain't doing nothing to get it then. You don't really believe it. You've deferred your hope to someday I'll get it in the future. Or, you know, that ain't for us today, so now you know, right? He said, You believe, you're in the middle of believing. You believe that there is one God. You do well. The devils also believe and tremble. Hey, the demons have faith? But they don't have perpetual Zoe. It, this is easy. To believe in part, yeah, you've got to get that down, but you got to act on it. If you you have no corresponding action, he ain't going to show up. You're in the, you know what? You're in the same boat as the demons. Is that devilish wisdom? Yeah, of course it is. Good job. I mean, James is kind of a jerk. Good job. You believe. So do the demons. And they're scared. You ought to be too. Isn't that what he's saying? This is the brother of Jesus. He might know something. He said, but will you know, oh vain man, you ineffective person, that faith without works is dead. If you, got, if you say you got faith, but you have no corresponding action to back it up, it's dead. Now let me ask you this. How many of you talk to your body every day? you dominate your body and talk to it every day? We don't just do it when we got a symptom or when we feel bad and all of a sudden I speak the word of my body. How many of you are speaking over your checkbook every day? Every day I talk to my bills and tell them to be paid. You know, if I didn't, they wouldn't. So I believe it. I'm talking to. I'm dominating my flesh. I'm dominating everything, and I'm pushing my airspace out. That doesn't mean I do it in time of crisis. I'm doing it every day. Why? Because I believe it. If you don't believe it and you ain't doing it, you're just like the demons. Good job for you. But we sit on our butts and we don't constantly affirm it. We're not doing. Well, yeah, I believed it. Yeah, okay. If you did believe it, you'd be excited, you'd be at rest, and you'd be filled with confidence, and you'd have it. Look over here in um, the parable of the sower, Luke uh, 8. And I'll show you that there is... You can believe it, and then it'll trail off, and you get zip. And it's a verse that everybody knows if you know the parable of the sower. Luke 8 and verse 11 says this, Now the parable is this, Jesus said, The seed is the Word of God. Those that are by the wayside that hear, then comes the devil and takes away the Word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be rescued, be saved. So they didn't even believe it at all. They that are on the rock, the hard-headed people, are they which when they hear, they receive the Word with joy. Oh, hallelujah! But they don't have any root, for which for a while believe, and then in time of testing or trial, they fall away. So they did believe for a while and then nothing. So once you believe, do you always believe? Apparently not. Once you have faith, are you always in faith? It's easy for me to say it that way, because we've seen people that have faith and then don't have faith, and then back in faith and back in... so it's a constant choice. You've got to choose life constantly. You got to constantly, you got to back this stuff up with corresponding action. You don't, you know, you can believe. Look, you can say you don't believe that the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Is that going to change the fact that the sun's coming up tomorrow? Well, I don't believe in that. I don't believe what you're saying, Andrew. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. I'm telling you the truth, and we're reading it out of the Bible. Whether you hook on with it or not, it ain't going to change the fact that this is how it operates. You don't put the time in. You don't put the effort in. And you don't have corresponding action. What do you get? Nothing. And then you get mad because how come the Word ain't working? And if it wouldn't work for Jesus when he to make a decision outside of wisdom from above, why do you think it'll work for you? If it wouldn't work for Jesus... I never heard anybody say that the Word couldn't work for Jesus. Yeah! Didn't we We just read that, didn't we? And if He knew it wouldn't work for Him, He was smart enough to go, no, I can't go there. Maybe we ought to be like... When we make our decisions, maybe we ought to be smart enough not to go some places that we go and then wonder why the word didn't work. And if you're asking why the word didn't work, just back answer that. I should never get this question again from everyone in the room. Why did this happen? Why you ought to, ought to do a self assessment and know it's because I made a decision that wasn't based on the wisdom of the word. If I'm saying why that this didn't happen, why didn't the word work? Why am I not? Then you made a decision somewhere that was out that went beyond the word. I should never get that question again. You automatically should know it's because I made a decision somewhere. Now, if you're having trouble figuring out what the decision was, let's sit down and talk about it because I'll help you find that. And it might be a little teeny decision that you never even would have thought of before. little teeny thing. Oh, I can't even, it never even crossed your mind. So I I shouldn't have, why, why would I even ask God that? Because you're constantly affirming. And that's how you can have confidence. if you know that you're doing everything that God told you to do, that you're getting rain on the fly. This is what Jesus said. He said, whatever the Father tells me, I do that. Your confidence level will be high enough that you can walk on water. Mine's not there yet. Because I know that there's sometimes that I don't do what God tells me to do right when he told me to do them. Because I'd be like, no. Survivor man's on. <laughs> I love that guy. I'm here. Now I'll watch a whole show about a guy in castaway mode status. Right? Maybe not, and not constantly affirming something that I should be doing. Just an example. And it will rob you of your confidence. So it says over in First John, he said, "If your heart condemns you, it robs you of your confidence." When you feel guilty about something, it robs you of your confidence, and you know that ain't from God, because God, he, he right? So don't do stuff that'll rob you of your confidence, because your confidence is how you're going to get your Zoe life to work for you, produce results. And that's why it ain't about a checklist, and that's why you could do stuff if your heart don't condemn you about it, and still be confident. That's why you could do stuff, let right on that cuss and drink and smoke and chew and going out with those that do List, you could if your conscience don't and God ain't dealing with you about it. I know, it's like, does not compute, does not compute. Yeah, it does. That's another one of those things that hell gets you off in that religious thing, and you'll be using devilish wisdom and thinking that, oh, yeah, and then how come the Word didn't work? But I'm doing everything, I'm, I'm doing everything, you know, I'm working in the nursery, I'm doing my checklist, praying every day for an hour, and blah, 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 blah. What are you praying? I told somebody, to stop praying for me. Because I don't know what you're praying you ain't praying the word. I don't want you praying for me. Right. No offense. I mean that in the most nicest possible way. Well, I appreciate that you, but but don't. Thanks. Love you. Got a thing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now look, this stuff is hard hitting, right? But but I, you know, and I sit and think about this stuff because I want every person that grabs a hold of the word to win. It shouldn't be hard, and it's not hard. It's work, though. It's work to be diligent and constantly affirm and to keep myself in rest so that that one phone call don't shake me. Look, you look at the caller ID and you know that they're going to shake you out of your rest? Don't answer the phone! That's wisdom from above. Because now I'm refusing evil. That's an easy decision, but they might get offended. Talk to the machine. Let the machine get all in an uproar. Don't check the message either. If you know it's one of those phone calls, don't go check the message and get all in an uproar. Practical, right? Just let that stuff get you rob you of your confidence, get you off your game. So in Hebrews 10, it says, Don't cast away your confidence, but have great recompense of reward, recompensation of reward. It continues to pay you. Confidence continues to pay you. It continues to pay you. It continues to pay you. It's a it's residual income. Your confidence will provide residual payoff for you over and over. It's uh, Hebrews 10, and I think it's 35. Some of you are writing it down. Hebrews 10:35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Recompensation, 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 great reward. Keep recompensating me. Why would you throw away the thing that's going to be giving you the payday, the paycheck? It's your confidence. So you didn't even, if you didn't know that's what it was, then you'd be throwing it away. Don't defer that. No, now. Don't be afraid to be disappointed. That's so. It's such hell. Cause what it, it's hell's trick to get you. To, that's what, because if you're afraid to be disappointed, it's because you don't really believe God'll do it. Because if I really believed Him, I know He won't disappoint me. If I know Him, if I know His character, He won't disappoint me. Now the thing that I think that I might want right now, and I get disappointed on that, I'll find out in a little while, I'll just hang in there with God that He's got something fifty times better than that. Hundred times better than that. Don't settle for that. Y'all had enough boy, it's late. Let's pray. Let's pray and go eat. Potluck. Yay. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word sealed in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come alongside us and bring it back to our remembrance that we would constantly affirm. This is the only life of God that belongs to us. That we constantly affirm that we believe You. That we are excited. And that we're at rest. And that we have confidence. We don't push that off to the future. And we don't rest on our laurels that we believed in the past. But right now, present time, we're in the middle of believing You, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen.